Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever this podcast may find you. It is I, as always, Gavin. And I, Justin. Oh, I, I hit my, my desk. Uh, we're doing this one remote again because uh, by the time you're listening to this, Justin will be out of town. You'll be up in Canadian land. I'll be deep in America's hat. <laughs> You'll be forehead deep in America's hat. Exactly. So this one, we're recording early, so tune in next week as well to hear a little bit more on that. But for this week, we talk a lot about a couple different things. I asked Gavin the interesting question of what is the most interesting car currently on sale to him? And uh, we also go through a bring a trailer deep dive because that's uh, something that we've done before and a couple of people said that we should keep doing. So uh, figured now is better time than ever to do that. So um, as we're recording this, we actually just did a double header. Uh, recording last week's podcast and now recording this week's podcast. So uh, let's just dive right into it, shall we? We shall. Well, well hello. Hello oh. again. Oh, hi. Hi. <laughs> you, uh, you're joining us while I'm currently off going crazy in Canada at the moment. Um, I'll be back next week to fill in some updates on that. But for this podcast, we have a few other things going. So... Um, I wanted to start off with a question for Gavin. Yes, sir. Out of all the new cars currently available right now, what one Uh is the most intriguing to you? Not necessarily the one that you'd go buy. Um, It may be the same one. But what, like, new car current offering is the most interesting to you? Mm. Well, I feel kind of jaded, to be honest. And I think a lot of us as car enthusiasts are feeling pretty jaded. Yes. Because we're either, you know, things are like, here's the last internal combustion or here's the last V8 manual thing. Or, you know, there's there's been some last ofs over the yeah. last 18 months or so. Um, the most interesting new car? I mean, I like the Maverick. And I, I do think that that's interesting. And the trucklet uh you know part of the market i do find i do I, I find more interesting frankly because it's actually the amount of truck that people actually need which completely agreed which kind of makes sense with the two-year plus wait list for a fucking maverick yeah <laughs> um fuck i don't i don't know what the most interesting like new car it would have to be you know maybe a hybrid of some sort um I mean, I think the Ionic 5N, you know, that actually, it did a run up Goodwood yeah. uh, this, this past week. Um, it did it kind of sideways, which is really, which I, I thought was cool. Yeah. Um, but I feel like you're about to tell me what the most interesting, and actually, I'm going to, I might challenge you, um, and I, I might call bullshit, but um, proceed. So I think there's a few different things, because obviously interesting is a broad topic. It can mean a lot of different things. Um, it can mean rethinking the envelope, sometimes poorly, like the Cybertruck. Um, Cyberfuck. <laughs> yes, exactly. It, it, it can mean even the drivetrain, like you mentioned. So a couple of the ones I thought of was also the Ionic 5N, because it's the first small EV sporty-ish car. We'll have to see how it goes. Um, sure. That, like, may be relatively affordable to the average layman. Um at least compared to the rest of the EVs. Um, another one that I thought of was the Koenigsegg Jamera. Yeah, that's a that's fucking it. I would say the I'd say Koenigsegg Jamera or the CC850. Yes, 
I think that obviously I kind of view Koenigsegg at this point as they are no doubt just from price alone the top of the market however the hope is is that a lot of the stuff they create will eventually end up being technologies that 20 years from now will be somewhat available to the rest of us such as ditching camshafts for basically what i would call valve injectors to be able sure. to in infinitely change timing um and like also their light speed transmission technology um with just instantaneous perfect shifts um well they just had a release of uh the thing that was in the jamera it was oh fuck i i just looked on facebook for koenigsegg and it's actually not popping up mm -hmm. um but there is uh, an electric motor that weighs like less than 80 pounds and it makes like yeah. stupid power yep mm -hmm. I've, I've heard teasers of that one too which is another great one like i i think the first time i saw mention of that was some guy saying somebody should miata swap with this and i was like actually yeah. track road track uh posted this thing actually oh fuck this is published in january of last year but 335 horsepower and 40 443 foot pounds of torque and it weighs 63 pounds I love it. I, I love everything about that. The efficiency yeah. is just off the charts and turning on my efficiency brain like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> efficiency bone right now with that. Mm -hmm. like the, the power easy to there. wait. Easy. We're not a family-friendly show, but easy. I know. <laughs> no, the, the power to weight of that drivetrain is just astonishing. I love it. Yeah. Um, so, like, there's that. Um, I completely agree on the Maverick, too. Uh, not just, like, I... <sighs> Well, so there's Maverick, there's Santa Cruz that have been around for a few years now. Mm -hmm. um, Toyota is bringing uh, something stateside. Oh, fuck. What is it called? The, it's not the Scout. Um, I'm just looking at Toyota Tiny Truck. This is this makes for uh, great radio, by the way. Toyota Small Truck. Yeah, the Stout. The Stout. Yes. Which? It's supposed to be $20,000, allegedly. Yeah, it looks very similar to like in ethos to like the Maverick. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's the same market. It's the same mindset. Mm hmm. So that's good. Um, another one that I think is interesting. It's not nearly as interesting as the other ones, but I think it's more interesting from a average person's perspective. Something like the Mazda CX ninety. Yeah. Where it's like a, an SUV that's actually good to drive and has an inline six. Yeah, inline six turbo. That's also a plug-in hybrid, so you can still do like twenty, thirty miles around town errands, all electric. Like. Mm -hmm. It's pretty intriguing um, to see like the combination, like the weird melding of multiple worlds coming together in this. Yeah, it's that, weird. That's kind of how I see the CX-90s. It's like EV meets slightly sporty meets crossover meets, et cetera, luxury, yeah. I guess, because that's just kind of the direction Mazda's been going for the last few years. Yeah. Uh, um, so things like that. Um, Did you have like a definitive, like most interesting... I think the one I would choose out of the most interesting ones is probably the Jamira because yeah. I look at the amount of things in there and it's a four seater and it's a this crazy high revving three cylinder, uh, well, at least for what it is, high revving for what it is. Well, um, uh, what is the red line on it? I think it was, let's see if I can find it in this right It's like here. 9K? It was up there, yeah. Uh, I mean, not, not just high revving, but high power too. Um, yeah, it's 600 horsepower. Yeah. I know it's, it's fantastic. Um, but like, I, I think that is the most interesting to me because I like, again, the melding of those two worlds that that car does so well. Of just, and it's a great looking four seater. It is. And like the fact that 
yes, it still has two doors, but they're two massive doors that open in Koenigsegg's traditional style with their dual dihedral, whatever the fuck mechanisms. Right. Um, but either way, allowing still easy access to the rear, whereas usually if you have a two-seater, even if it has rear seats, good luck. Yeah. Good Good luck. Seriously, you're going to need it. You're going to need to lose a few pounds, and it, hopefully it's not after Thanksgiving or Christmas to fit in the back seat. Um, <laughs> I think it would be the Koenigsegg um, because uh, as we've both discussed at length, um, I don't think we're quite there enough for EVs to be registered as interesting because we're in this lull where we, yes, EVs exist such as like Tesla. Well, they're all based on the same kind of platform of, you know, the skateboard platform. Um, all the weight is down low. Everything is torquey. Everything yeah. is apparently a drag race monster. Mm-hmm. I don't find that at all interesting, really. Yeah. Um, which, like, that, and that kind of what takes away from the Ionic 5N for yeah. me. Because, like, okay, you're taking the same kind of package that we've had in car in EVs for a few years now, and you are making it, like, more of, like, kind of like a rally car, which I, which I do like. I think that's cool. Um, but I don't think that's particularly interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I will submit to you also honorable mentions for interesting cars. Um, the CC850, also from Koenigsegg, yep. um, by having a transmission that is technically an automatic, but is also fully switchable to a manual that you can stall, you can clutch kick it, um, and it, it goes from what a nine-speed auto to a six-speed manual through, mm-hmm. a, through a gate. So um, oh, yeah. you basically put the shifter in like auto for when you want auto or you can, you know, row through the, the gated six speed, which I think is really cool. Um, and I'm surprised it's taken this long for somebody to do that because in at least in my opinion, in theory, it shouldn't have been that difficult with how many dual clutches are kicking around. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, mm, yeah, it's just I you, think it's more a market demand than anything. Like there's just not that much market demand for somebody <clears throat> to do that how about you go find christian and um ask him some (laughs) uh hard-hitting questions and see what he says (laughs) i know right (laughs) why hasn't it taken why is it taken so long um i do think i I was gonna say i'm sure i'd get a fantastically detailed answer (laughs) Um, i'd love to see it too Uh, i know um i also would love to submit to you um the i'm spacing on his name right now gordon murray uh, the, yep. the GMA cars with the, the T50 and the T33. I actually like the T33 more um, stylistically and also provides, I don't know, probably eight-tenths the same car. Yeah. Um, but, it, you know, a, tr- a true return to form of what the McLaren F1 was in Ethos. Ever, like, the actual, like, we, we talk about Singer and Singerizing cars and how the crazy attention to detail it is with the builds on those. Yeah. And how even, like, the control arms are artful and you have the exposed shift linkage and the the gauges are actual jewelry that you, like, love to look at, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there is another level of attention to detail when it comes to the actual design and the engineering of the GMA cars, you know, having basically no compromises. So um, I, I'll also submit those to you. No, I agree. And I wish, mm, it's going to sound kind of weird. I wish that somebody would come through and do to the car industry what Apple has done to the phone industry because Apple has many flaws, but sure. the, the well, thing Elon's is, trying to do that, basically. I know. E- Elon is attempting and failing at doing that. Um, but 
where almost any Apple product you can buy, even the cheaper ones, um, cheaper in quotes, I, there's almost no cheap Apple product you can buy truly, um, they feel extremely well designed and stout and sometimes yes sure. they're lo they're locked behind little things but every single product they make uh, even from the cheaper end of their spectrum is just functionally beautiful um and yeah I, and like I'm, everything from the hundred dollar stylus mm -hmm. up to you know the thirty five hundred dollar ar setup yep um to you know the crazy high end well it's it's relative, but they're crazy high end, uh, you know, tower setups. Yeah, and and so I look at all those things, and I look at the fact that so at this point they've been around long enough that they do have an entry level, which is like you can buy an iPhone SE for like two hundred and fifty three hundred dollars, brand new. Which yeah, it's not powerful, it's not new, but it still has that same level of quality. Right. I want somebody to do that to the automotive world where mm -hmm. even if you're buying their cheaper end and hopefully somebody like GMA maybe can get there eventually after they have enough time under their belt to where you can buy something like a T33 that, okay, that's a little out of date now, but it's still quality. Or like a baby T33 that takes the same form factor of let's say a Miata or mm -hmm. uh, the form factor of like, you know, Alpine A110 so I like, still keep it mid-engine, but like it's smaller, something in the sub hundred thousand dollar realm, but yeah. it still has like the feel of the the T thirty three or the T fifty, but you know isn't like a, a six hundred horsepower or some crazy twelve thousand RPM revving engine. It might maybe it revs to seven thousand or something. Yeah, but it has like the same build quality. Um, I mean, I would I would argue that Porsche does this because when you come to like, you know, the, the buttons and like how like short, if you're talking about tactility, right. How mm -hmm. short the throw is on like the buttons, you know, when you're going through like HVAC or whatever, or, or switching your drive mode on the steering wheel. Yeah. It's going to be the same with, uh, a 60 or $70,000 Boxster as it would be on a $200,000 GT3. Yeah, and I think I would agree that Porsche is probably among the closest to doing right. this because yeah. I think that even their cheaper stuff, even if you are going with like a Boxster, it still feels decently quality. And mm -hmm. um, I think one of the difficulties with doing what my dream would be is that a phone, although extraordinarily complex, is small from a material perspective. So like my phone, my iPhone 12 Pro uh, is the titanium out exoskeleton with the stainless steel. Like it's the nicer body, but it's still not that many of those materials at the end of the day. It's a mm -hmm. small amount of them. Um, and so that's how they can turn out millions of them because they can do like, let's say 4,000 iPhones from the same amount of like uh, aluminum or titanium that it would take to build a car. Right. So the difficulty is in cars, sometimes we end up with these odd jaded experiences so like okay let's say the driving experience is fantastic it looks good but then it has some lotus level cheap shitty interior like it sometimes it's not a big deal like again in the lotus it's meant to be lightweight it's not a huge deal but also at, a, at other times it's like you get in there and you're like that little that like door pole like flexed it didn't feel good to operate or those window switches feel like they're just gonna fall apart well and you are kind of picking on lotus and you know the only low tie that you and i have really experienced have been elise yes um we haven't driven the new amira no. i sure would like to 
Yeah. Um, and that seems to be a real perfect meld of, you know, everything we've come to know and love about, you know, Lotus being, you know, simplify and add lightness, like everyone quotes, but mm-hmm. also having that nicer interior feel that comes from something like a Boxster Cayman. Yeah, and I mainly brought up the Elise specifically because I knew that was a good example. of. Oh, like yeah, that's, the- that's a poster child of like, you know, you're, you're sacrificing a lot for the feel and like the, the user experience of, you know, tying corners together, whether it is in a canyon road or on a racetrack or if you just want to feel more raw and visceral and a part of the experience. Exactly, and especially because at that time, Lotus had to make a lot of sacrifices like the lots of bits of that interior are not lotus they are sourced from other things and sure yeah and the instrument cluster is like kind of cheap looking and you mm-hmm. get you get an actual like shelf like a scaffolding shelf exactly <laughs> you don't get yeah. a glove box really and so it's it's a lot of it is because cars are so much more material intensive and so much more uh expensive in general across the board to ship manufacture source materials for design all of it. It, 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 they're totally different industries. Uh, but it's just kind of a wishful thinking. Like if there was some way for somebody to do at like Apple's scale, where mm-hmm. it's something that so many people can have, cause they just churn them out like crazy and keep the quality that Apple does. It, in fact, if you think about how little quality problems Apple has for how large monstrous of a company they are, mm-hmm. it is beyond shocking. Um, Whereas, you know, I don't know if automotive manufacturers can ever get to that level just because there are so many other variations on and problems that could possibly go wrong. Yeah, like supply uh, chain shit. Yeah, supply chain shit. And like, well, and also like, the tech world and part of, you know, the real reason why supply chain issues have been, you know, such a common thing in the automotive world for the past three years since COVID has been a thing is because tech companies have so much more capital that they can just throw at, um, you know, buying up the chips, yeah. uh, but for buying up the silicone that like they've just outbid car companies straight up. And car companies lasted for so long on outdated silicone that was just being produced because like the producer didn't have any extra expense in producing. Cause that chip has been made for 20 plus years, but was just kind right. of, taking orders once they needed more floor space to make more advanced stuff they kind of just said yeah we don't really want to produce your beyond outdated shitty infotainment chip anymore so you got to move to something newer oh yeah and by the way that newer thing has a two-year wait oh so there's other uh anecdotal thing i heard on smoking tire podcast because i love quoting matt farah Mm. um (laughs) he had it wasn't an over-the-air update it was like a more core like general software update for his Mach E, which is a relatively new car. It's like a couple of years old. Yeah. Um, he had to do uh, it's like a multi gigabyte like update through OBD. Oh. So it was like a 48 hour like download and update or maybe oh. it's longer than that. Yeah, it was insane. <laughs> OBD is not meant to be massively data transparent. No, 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 it is not. <laughs> <laughs> like so fun fact for those of you that don't know a lot of those connectors like obd are the speed of like usb 1.0 so it's like yeah. two megabytes per second yeah best. no i think that's what it is it was it was a fucking huge endeavor and it, yeah it took <sighs> days that's painful i i just oh my god what how the fuck did we not think of a well what was solution? me matt farah you know he has a 
uh, a, a, a big motor swapped uh, Porsche Boxster Spider and a uh, you know Ferrari uh, 328 that he gets to drive as his daily. And oh, by the way, his, he and his so his wife has two cars. Uh, she has a Delica and a Pow. Yeah. Um, his Countach. Oh my God, he he's getting the full engine swap or not swap, but um, engine service for the. I heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. That that's also an engine out thing. Um, I think his suspension. Uh, his unfucking of the suspension was like thirty grand plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, and and like I know a lot of people in those scenarios will go, "Oh, woe is me! You got other stuff to drive." It's like, well, yeah, that that's not the point though. The point is, is that like, it's not affecting Matt Farah because he has other stuff to drive. But let's and he also put, has press cars that he can pull from and all, all that shit. But let's put it in a regular person perspective. Like, it's very feasible that a Maki could be somebody's only car. And right. <laughs> 40 yeah. update is not okay <laughs> like i think that's where a lot of lines get crossed come to think of it as a side note is like yes when let's say matt farah comes out and talks about this ridiculous update that it inconvenienced him he had to deal with i think it's sometimes hard from like his perspective um or well and he didn't come he, he didn't come from a place of like oh my god this sucks like what am i gonna do he was yeah. just saying like this is a part of the ownership of you know what i'm dealing with here yeah and, and i think that's a great way to put it um I, I think a lot of people get confused with that messaging thinking that he's just complaining or portraying this as like oh woe is me when in reality he's more it's up to somebody like him that has a voice to shout out bullshit like that. it is yeah for sure because who else is going to do it because like even car and driver on a long-term test might not be long-term enough to experience that well i mean there was also the the infamous article of the forty thousand mile update on their uh, alpha quadrifolio and how much that cost to keep that thing running yeah, and, the, and you know, point being, they can do that occasionally. Occasionally, they'll have uh, long-termers that last that long, but they don't have that many in the grand scheme of things. So I mean, maybe maybe not to... Hmm. I mean, they, they always have long-termers. They always have 40,000-mile update cars. They're constantly running through that, but it's not yep. like they have a fleet of, like, you know, a dozen or two dozen cars where they're doing that. They're doing, like, maybe three or four at a time. I, I, I would suspect. I haven't done that much digging. I've been a car and driver subscriber for a long time but yeah um i haven't been reading that much recently no i'm sure it's probably in the at most below a dozen it's below a dozen for sure exactly and so like it's not like they have that same type of test going for every single car because it would just be a nightmare and so it's up to like people like matt or other influencers to use their voice to be like hey ford knock 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 this is a problem what the fuck <laughs> this is retarded yeah. sorry yeah this is dumb it, it's th- this shouldn't be happening in this manner um we <laughs> we have wi-fi for a reason and it is infinitely faster than we have this. ethernet like come on <laughs> <laughs> yeah hardline the shit in there any other way a usb port like you did to update your car uh with the infotainment like yeah the, the, those things are more integrated into the car systems than ever before it's like there has to be another way <laughs> there has yeah. to be yeah uh, that's funny anyways but um like kind of circling back to the discussion at hand yeah I, I i think that uh i i i don't know if that will ever happen um at the consumer level to get something the quality of apple at the price that somewhat reasonably an average person can afford it in car form mm-hmm. um 
But it's cool to have wishful thinking, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, on that note, on the, on the note of wishful thinking, um, we thought about bringing back uh, some discussions about Bring a Trailer. And I actually pulled a few up already. Um, w- the first one is actually going to stem from uh, something that you very briefly mentioned on our last podcast and yeah. also relating to the Grand Tour. There is a current bid with 36 minutes left on the clock of 1949 Crosley Hotshot. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's in this beautiful, no, I'm not going to say beautiful. It's in a very cute and endearing yellow. Uh, it's a yellow on red interior, so it's very ketchup and mustard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For $10,000, can, you can get this. Um, it's just charming. A 44cc inline four. <laughs> 11cc per cylinder so not not cc it's cubic inch oh i'm uh, sorry cubic inch yeah big difference yeah that is a big difference. a weed eater motor <laughs> it is well i mean this is this isn't that far let's be honest i, I know 26.5 uh, horsepower yeah 12 inch steel wheels four-wheel disc brakes though so yeah, and a shiny. rear mounted tire carrier because you know with those kind of tires you, you're going to want to spare most likely yes three speed uh little manual there um, it's a cute little car. I, I I don't know if I would prefer it over, I don't know. I mean, if you wanted to, if you say won the Powerball and, you know, wanted like some fuck around daily that mm-hmm. just to like put a smile on people's faces, like what you and I have talked about with the Reliant Robin. Yeah. Um, I think that if you wanted a second one, if you wanted like a second fuck around daily to put a smile on people's faces, but you wanted an open air experience, I think this would check that box quite nicely. I think so too. Um, I'm sending you one right now, which is I found this beautiful spec, um, oh. 1963 190 SL that's got it's cream on blue. It is. This is a pre Pagoda SL, so this is still during like the Gullwing uh, mm-hmm. era design. But you know, we, being a convertible, it's not going to have Gullwings. Um, that is that is a lovely spec in like the the cloth uh, floor mats. Yeah, I, I love the I love the shade of blue that it was chosen for this. It's a pleasing shade. Yeah, it's not the seats are a little loud. Yeah, but, but like, like the, you, the the, the blue theme like, though carries like pretty well because you have like a navy blue uh, cloth roof. You have yep. navy blue like on the wheels uh, that are also cream. Um, you have you know uh, a blue dash, blue seats. You have a, a blue um, uh, transmission tunnel and drive shaft tunnel. But like and it's I not. Like, the framing of like the dashboard with like the blue leather going over it and under it, but the whole center of the dashboard is body colored. Mm-hmm. I think that's really lovely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and on the white walls too, it just looks totally proper. Like, Oh it, yeah. It, this is just such a lovely little roadster. And I mean, in a weird way, um, I haven't ever driven a Mercedes of this vintage, like this old, I have ridden in one that was a late seventies. So it just, barely had a little bit of the magic that these allegedly have. Sure. However, I, I'm curious where this will end up. It's currently bid it to 82,000. Um, Which I'm, in today's collector car market is not bad. It has four days left. So who knows? Who it knows? could double. Um, I mean, th- this is quite lovely. I mean, $82,000 on this or a 911 SC from, so SC is the uh, short for super Carrera. Mm-hmm. Um, they built those between the late seventies and early eighties. I think I would, for the same money, I think I'd actually rather have this. This would be so lovely to just cruise around in. Cause I hear like SL goings are actually like really great to drive. Like even in today's context. 
Yeah, I, I've heard the same thing that most anything that's from around that SL era and, you know, even the Pagoda era, um, you know, since they're very similar, just with different yeah. body language, um, mm-hmm. they they have this just naturally tight mechanical feel to them. Mm-hmm. And it, it's one of those things that, yet again, is just difficult to find these days because everything's not nearly as mechanical as it used to be. Um I also love, sorry, I was just looking at the gauges on this thing. I love the gauges. They look almost akin to like a uh, watch type of uh, attention to detail. Well, yeah, and looking at like the tack, like it, it does kind of remind me of like um, 356 era, which makes yeah. sense because this is around the same time. Um, but I mean, like kind of like field watch for those that, that, that know watches like, uh, almost Flieger, which Flieger is actually a term for, um, for fighter pilot watches. Um, but either like field watch or Flieger watch, like kind of, uh, like big, bold black dials with, you know, contrasting white, uh, indexes on them. Mm. Um, I can't, I was looking for the photo. There was a dial that was on the glove box, which would, which would be normally reserved for something like a stopwatch. Uh, and I'm looking for the photo of that. And I'm not seeing a really close photo, which is funny because there's. Oh wait, um, it's a clock. Is it it, look- it? it would have to be a clock. Oh, so these these are VDO gauges, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's not like a clear photo of it, but it is a clock. Um, it was the photo was taken at like nine ten. Apparently, cool. so I, I I found some photos of it, especially one with like the back of the. Uh, um, uh, oh, there glove- it is. Found yeah. it back of the glove box door it looks like it's a, it's a fully mechanical not electrical and it looks like it has this knurling on the back of it so you could wind it oh yeah that's you you, you would have to I, I love that that's pretty cool oh also the blue padding with like the cream like mm-hmm. wall and like mm-hmm. yeah that's cool um <sighs> well speaking of things that are uh not tight or mechanical i found a 1275 cc powered 1967 morris minor 1000 <laughs> <laughs> oh boy <laughs> it is uh it's got some uh, red and black going on which is <laughs> uh i think a little questionable okay let me pull this up Ooh, yeah that's um that's 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 from an era gone by <laughs> you pinstriped the wrong things my guy yeah this yeah. is it, it basically just outlined about half of the body lines with this black striping and the other half is just kind of done haphazardly <laughs> yeah i'm sure it drives somewhat similar um uh, albeit a bit heavier and porkier than the black mini uh yeah. that we drove before um i don't have a whole lot else to say about this so no. we can we can bring this one into the new millennium with the 2008 ferrari f430 challenge race car okay yeah. um oh, I, I should probably send you the link gotcha f430 challenge that's yeah Oh yeah, I, I I actually scrolled past this one and I meant to click on it. Um, Two yeah. wins. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, <laughs> but this this is the full race car treatment, digital dash, you know, carbon paddles, uh, full race car wheel with the, a pit speed button, radio scroll, uh, scroll through the gate uh, the digital gauge cluster. I would imagine. Um, yeah, hundred forty five oh, okay. grand for this, which is. I would imagine a decent buy for a full blown kitted race car. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 
for something that like you'd probably take to a track and have to do minimal changes at most to meet uh, whatever spec you're running. Yeah, you just have to check your tire pressures and you know probably do a fluid uh, like a brake fluid swap. Um, yeah. Keep you know make sure your tires are up to spec, but that's kind of it. Um, oh yeah, they, they've I, I got was... a, a camera in here too. It's got like a GoPro mount, but it is an epic HD 1080. Apparently, hmm. it looks like a kind of like a bullet, uh, but like wrapped in carbon fiber. Yeah, and it's got air jacks too, so it's a, it's proper. Just pump it up; it can do full pit shit. That's yeah, yeah. No, oh, sweet, I like it. Well, I was funny enough. I was going to send you a Ferrari that I thought was oh. rather intriguing. Um. A lovely Ooh. 550 Marinello with the six-speed. Yes, sir. Like, it's crazy. The first photo, it actually kind of looks like uh, a screen grab from like something like a, a um, I was about to say GTA, but no. Um, fucking, why am I spacing on it? The PlayStation game. Oh, a Gran Turismo. It looks, like, looks like Gran Turismo. Sorry, I don't yeah. know why I spaced on that. It's kind of an iconic game. But it kind of, it, like, with how, like, the shade of gray with the really soft lighting, the mm -hmm. windshield isn't polarized at all. Um, so you have, like, the same reflection on, like, the the hood and windshield. I don't know. To me, it just looked like kind of like a racing game uh, photo. Well, but it does. But this is a, a dark gray over a lighter gray interior. Um, not terribly unlike the one that Hoovy had. Yeah. And which, ironically, if I remember correctly from that episode, was actually a pretty decent car. <laughs> it, was, it was the best car that they had. Yeah. Um, and looking at it, like, I do like, um, aesthetically for some reason, the uh, standard layout front engine Ferraris quite often more than the mid-engine ones. I'm not sure why. It, it's a slight preference. I do like both. But I really like Ferrari front engine designs. I think they do it so well. Well, it's interesting because, I mean, you tend, like what you like to get out of driving is more of like a grand touring yeah. type of feel. Mm -hmm. uh, and so this lines right up with that. But this also still has, you know, the gated six speed, which, as we all know, is D fucking lightful. Oh, yeah. Uh, and with the five and a half liter quad cam V12. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 7,600 RPM red line. And yeah, I mean, mm. For, 49,000 miles. So. You know, it's been driven. That's the thing. That's actually what intrigues me most is the fact it's been driven enough that I know it's probably a decent car. Yeah. So it's one of those weird situations where it's obviously not as valuable. However, that's perfect because having that many miles on a car like this means that it's been driven enough that most bugs have probably been worked out. I love also in these photos, the owner clearly is the owner of the car pointing their finger at like blemishes and scratches and like rock chips on the windshield. Oh, yep. <laughs> Keep going through. It's like it, there's one here and here and here. That's funny. I mean, I just had a vision of like those little the little pointer hands you can buy on the stick. <laughs> oh, my God. That's that's what I, I should get that for the next time I get to bring a trailer shoot. You just should bring that, be, that. That would be hilarious. That'd be great. I'm doing oh that for sure. No, I just look at something like this and think, like, man, if I had some moderate level of fuck you money, this would be a cool thing to daily. So current bid is at $100,000. We know it's not going to stay there. It the it ends in five days. These have what? These have been in, like, the 150000 range, like 150 to 170-ish, I, I think. I will verify that. Give me five seconds. I'm pulling it up on Bring a Trailer. Um, the last results. So, yeah, they, they're, they've been. They're not breaking 200. Uh. 
they've started to. Um, really? There, there's seven dots since uh, January of 21 in the 200 range. Most seem to be around 180, 160 to 180. Okay. So, yeah, just barely. They're, they're creeping up, but not as fast as some other things. Mm-hmm. So, no, I do think that would be uh, fantastic. I'd I mean, what would you find. rather have for $180,000? This, or do you have another option, or do you want me to think no. of another one? No, I'd like you to think of one. Hmm. I'm putting you on the spot here. Yeah. No, for 180 grand, and if I had to choose just one car... Um, there might be some like older Astons that I might want more. Really? When you like, say older, like you're talking DB fives, because I yeah, think those are more. They probably are. Hang on, let me look. Boop DB five, and yes, they are. Uh, yeah, they're definitely more. Never. Are never. they like four hundred? Six. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, they're up there. Let me try one more. Um. I yeah. mean, this is a pretty great option for for 180k, and given the capabilities of this car and the things it represents, I th- I don't know on the spot uh, that much. I'd rather have for that, even though I know options exist. I'm just struggling to think of them because I actually sure. think that this car this is pretty for great. That is pretty good. Um, I should I'd still up- probably try to find a 997 GT3. Oh, totally understandable. That that from the sporty perspective, if that's what you're looking for, is a very good buy uh, yeah. for that type of stuff. Like having both of us having driven uh, a 997 GT3 for a, a small amount of time. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. I would love that. Um, let's see. There was another one I had. It has just disappeared though. Cause I accidentally clicked out of it. Um, so where did I found go? a birth year car. Oh, okay. What's that? 1993. Porsche 968 Coupe with the six-speed. Here, gotcha. send, send it to you. Uh, it's black on black. Black on black with these aftermarket wheels. Um, kind of like a bronzy look. This is very clearly in the L.A. canyons. These photos oh, were yes. taken. Very um, clearly. <laughs> but that's like an early 90s vibe for sure. Yeah. Like early, mid-90s. Let's see. There's that. And then... Um I was actually just looking to see if I could find a birth year car as well. I, I ironically own one. It's my Audi. And thankfully, I'm in better condition than the Audi. Um, <laughs> but um, Yeah, you'd be, you'd be in a sad state if, if the, the opposite were true. <laughs> yes. Um, as far as what's like current, I'm going to stick it and kind of make it interesting. I'm going to have to choose something from this list that's currently on bid on Bring a Trailer. So not finished, but like a uh, birth year car as a, out of what's currently available live. Um, so we have a few different things. We have a, a Jeep Cherokee. We have a E320 BMW or not BMW, Mercedes convertible, mm-hmm. a Toyota pickup, Ferrari, uh, F355. Ooh, that actually could be pretty good. Despite the m- maintenance nightmare that would be, it would still would be lovely. Um, got a couple different Mercedes S6, a lot of Mercedes in my birth year at the moment. I'm bringing a trailer. Mercedes uh, was doing some interesting things back then. Yeah, um, so I would probably, out of this list that's what's what's currently there, um, I would probably end up choosing this 95 Land Rover Defender, like an actual really? Defender with the pickup. I'm going to be honest. There's just not that much that's that interesting. There's a, there is a... Uh, there's not a lot... There's, there wasn't a lot of good coming out in the mid-90s. 
I mean, there there, Ferrari. Uh, oh fuck! When when was the good year for the three forty eight? Was it ninety seven? I think it was I'm not sure, but I think so. Um, I mean, there there is an E36 M3, but like it's kind of in a boring spec with the gray leather and and it's white. It, it doesn't. I'm not a big E36 fan to begin with, and then it's yeah. a really boring spec. So I'm like, eh, not really. But bro, Paul Walker had some. Bro, Paul Walker. No, um, I don't buy cars because other people had them. Um, that's that's absolutely fair. <laughs> um, <laughs> I sent you something uh, interesting though. That wasn't a birth year for either of us. Um, single family Ooh. owned 1958 dual Gia convertible. The current bid is at $201,000 ends in two days. And that. I don't even know what a dual Gia is really. I don't know what engine is in it. I don't know anything about it. I imagine it's from the similar family of like the Carmen Gia. Yeah. Um, apparently it was in road and track once, uh, in July of 1963, Ita- yeah, development of th- this Italo-American luxury car. So, like, think Pagoda. Yeah, true. Or think, like, what that, that Mercedes that you sent me earlier was. Yeah, and here you go. I'm going to send you that Land Rover Defender. But it's, also, really- it's like, think Pagoda, but also think, like, Lincoln Continental, like, JFK spec. Yeah, like, nice long body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I sent you that Defender, and it's realistically... Oh, it's a, thing- well, it's a 130 pickup. With a mm-hmm. three three hundred TDI five speed, so it's an import, and that's kind of what makes it most interesting to me. Is we didn't get mm-hmm. that spec, and so um, it's it, also left hand drive. I know, so it's probably from uh, a standard Europe country, not Britain or Japan. Um, I didn't actually read to see if it says where it was from, um, but like. I, out of what was available on Bring a Trailer, because I just threw that on myself to make it interesting. That's I. This is I think the most intriguing one that's currently available out of my birth year. Uh, mainly because it's like you can just do anything with it. Like no, it's sure. not fast, but like use it for use it as a truck. Use it to haul people around because there are multiple seats. You can climb anything off road. You can overland. It's just a great all around vehicle and. Hopefully, being a diesel, it'll be a little bit less unreliable than traditional British problems. Yeah. I just looked up 1993 uh, for what was uh, live listings right now. Okay. Uh, we have a 1993 Ford F-150 Flareside 4x4. Yep. Which is kind of rad. Um, we, we have BMW 316i Touring. It's in purple. Um, you have that 968 that I talked about. There's also yep. a 1993 Porsche 911 RS America, which is still during the 964 era, which is, as we, as we all know, I love. Um, yeah, there's like a limited uh, Miata. It's black on red interior. Um, 27,000 mile 1993 Corvette convertible 40th anniversary. So this is a C4 with, um, yeah, like a, kind of a purpley paint. Yeah. Oh, like a, or a burgundy, rather. Burgundy on burgundy interior is a statement. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a late 80s, early 90s statement, if I've ever heard one. Yeah. This is burgundy on burgundy on burgundy, because even the top is burgundy. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> and, the, uh, and the center cap, so the wheels. Oh, God, yeah. Well, well do we... <laughs> I guess yeah. If it's got twenty seven thousand miles, that's not like a plastic cover. That is that is the center cap. Yes, that is okay. most definitely the center cap. <laughs> oh boy. 
Oh my God. Oh man. That's tragic. Um, uh, I wouldn't mind the only C4 I would honestly ever want is the, uh, Oh, what is it? The ZR one ZR one. Yes. Yeah. It, it has to be. It, Cause that is a genuinely cool car. Uh, like, a, yeah, the a, whole different engine. Uh, Jason Camisa did a whole thing on, on it and how amazing it was. A, di- a um, big departure from normal Corvette. Yeah, it's not at all the same. Yeah, it is. It's a massive thing, and they're just and they do look cool. I think it's also the best looking C4. Most C4s don't look good. No, they have awful interiors. They've been designed with a rectangle. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm just looking at this. I mean, if you're going for 80s rad, this is like peak 80s rad. If you're looking at like, you know, the the radio, the AM/FM with the HVAC. And there's mm-hmm. also like a blank. Uh, it looks kind of like a blank um, card or something, but it has uh, like little backlights in it that just aren't illuminated. And it's so, all the like warning when, symbols and stuff. yeah, like ABS active or um, service ABS or ser- service engines soon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like and all the warning lights and all the amber coloring on all the displays too. Yeah, if you're going for that, then God bless you. But yeah. that's mm. no. Not for me, no. but, um, but yeah, well, I think that's about it for our quick little deep Yeah, we, dive. we've been rambling. So, uh, thank you all so much for listening. Um, shout out James K because as always, you know, as always, um, and I'm starting to sweat in my apartment because it's now 97 degrees outside. It's before noon and I don't have air conditioning. So pray yep. for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pray for Gavin. Oh boy. All right. Well, uh, until next time I've been Gavin and I've been Justin and this has been the exhibition of speed podcast. Goodbye. <laughs>